Welcome back, children of the revolution, to What You're Not Listening To, the audio educational and anthology series. I should say the award-winning audio educational and anthology series. It makes it sound like those old Looney Tunes cartoons right in the afternoons they used to play. Starring that Oscar-winning rabbit, Bugs Bunny. Do it all here on the DIY, commercial and sponsor-free on aceofspadespdx.com. And I am Daddy Ben Bear, Ben Brown Jr., your host, show producer, webmaster, audio engineer, researcher, videographer, and writer. And, uh... Sometimes I like to have a good time. Sometimes I get a little heavy. Today I talk about both featuring a wide variety of artists across decades and genres with all one thing in common. Um, They are singing about animals, literally or metaphorically. Dedicated to baby girl, Gypsy Pug, my husband's service dog, who left us at the age of 16. Yes, 16 on May 28th. For those who followed this program when I was broadcasting them from my website years ago, I would often take a subject and build a show around it. Yes, that's pretty much everyone, but occasionally I would get slightly silly with it. Topics that were often less heavy than the politics of the day, such as summer, driving, etc. On this program, I previously teased I would be working on one with animals, which by and large is still a popular subject among musicians in every genre, as evidenced by the Baby Shark song and video from over a year and a half ago. It grants me a rare opportunity to showcase acts and tracks that I normally would not feature, uh, giving me the chance to share some one-hit wonders, deep cuts, b-sides, and other musical ephemera one might not hear anywhere else. I mean, it's kind of the whole point of the show, isn't it? Sadly, in between my talking about it several weeks ago until now, Gypsy Pug, our 16-year-old dog, has left this mortal coil. She was also a legal service dog, my husband Travis's emotional support animal. To say we are devastated is the understatement of the year. You can actually hear her barking on many shows in the background, wondering what the hell I was doing. Trust me, there are days, many days, I wonder what the hell I am doing with these programs. And yes, I would talk about her regularly on the program, especially on number 71, Sunshine Pop. It's awful quiet here at the apartment right now, and I keep looking for her when I get home from my night shift at the grocery store, where she would get up and wait for me to take her outside. I can say without a doubt she was perfect for Travis, and he knew that the moment we adopted her when she was three, because no one wanted a quote-unquote older dog. She saw us through his whole long illnesses, surgeries, and through his multiple disabilities. There are those who often discount the psychiatric benefits of service animals. I honestly don't want to know these people. And if you're listening now and discount that, you can just go somewhere else. There's plenty of stuff on the internet. I mean, you do have access to the internet, so look up the benefits. But I'm not surprised because, by and large, our society looks at uh, looks down at many alternative means of maintaining mental health and mental well-being. And as witnessed by what has gone over the last year and a half with COVID-19, there is anti-science anywhere unless it suits the haters. If empirical evidence is a major part of scientific research, I know what I saw and what I experienced. Service animals of every stripe can be a critical part to one's overall health care and denying anyone that is simply ableist. There will never be another gypsy girl, and as heartbroken as we all are here, we are also grateful to her very special gifts, gifts that every dog lover knows. You could get exactly what you see in a canine. And with her, it was total and unconditional love. And then she would poop on the floor. And she was still perfect. All right. Kicking off this uh, very interesting show here. Uh, starting with the blues number, for those of you who like the blues. And uh, it's a fantastic blues number. This was a 78 RPM single A-side from 1933. And our first artist originally hails from Chattanooga, Tennessee. She was the single biggest blues singer of the 20s and 30s, and her influence was critical in the development of later music genres such as R&B and rock and roll. In this song, she details what patrons and performers during the Harlem Renaissance did at clubs in New York City. 
She also talks, uh, you know, about some things that were bold moves for that time. Uh, to our younger fans, Corn refers to hard liquor, particularly whiskey, and Reefer is what old folks once called Mary Juana. Yes, Mary Jane. <laughs> My God, I know. It sounds <laughs> All right. It's like when you hear somebody call somebody else a trollop. Like, what kind of old timey shade is that? <laughs> Again, from 1933, this is The Empress of the Blues, Bessie Smith, with Give Me a Pigfoot and a Bottle of Beer. And we'll see you just before uh, the halfway mark.
Johnny is a joker He's a bird A very funny joker He's a bird But when he jokes my honey He's a dog His joking ain't so funny What a dog Johnny is a joker That's a trying to steal my baby He's a bird dog Johnny sings a love song Like a bird Sings the sweetest love song You ever heard But when he sings to my gal What a howl To me he's just a wolf dog On the prowl Johnny wants to fly away And puppy love my baby He's a bird dog
many thorns on my mind And the necessary balloon lies a corpse on the floor We've kissed them far too
And welcome back, children of the revolution, to what you're not listening to here on Ace of Spades, PDX.com. And I'm still your host, Eddie Ben Bear, Ben Brown Jr., on our very special tribute show to um, to Gypsy Girl, the, the little black pug who changed our lives forever, who left us at the end of last month. And um, yes, it is awfully quiet around here right now, but it's and it's there are moments I just lose it. We all lose it. And it's just been it's just been hard. And um, you know, it's it's really interesting. So she was sick for about three and a half days prior to her passing and the weather here was just outrageously crazy dark and gloomy and rainy and cold and then the morning she left us um and all of a sudden it's like literally the clouds uh, the sky opened up and the clouds and it just got to be beautiful i mean draw your own conclusions Alrighty, let's recap what we've heard in this very special show about animals in her in, in her memory and um I love doing these kinds of shows. I really need to do more. I get letters about them. Why, Ben? Why? And I'm like, I things happen. And so I need to make this a priority, I gather. Um, <sighs> yes. Kicked it all off with Give Me a Pigfoot and a Bottle of Beer from 1933, 78 RPM, a single A-sign by Bessie Smith. Following that from the album Sincerely from 1976, the Dwight Twilly Band, Shark in the Dark. <laughs> <laughs> Such a ha- catchy, hooky little thing I've not been able to get on my head all week. A duo comprised of Dwight Tilly and Phil Seymour, the band scored an unlikely and surprise hit with the power pop classic I'm on Fire on Shelter Records, founded by Leon Russell. This song, a fan favorite, was originally going to be released as a single, but the band's manager advised against it, as the film Jaws, featuring a mechanical shark, was a huge hit and didn't want the band to be pigeonholed as a novelty act. Following a single A side from 1958, the Everly Brothers, Bird Dog. We would not even be talking about one of the three major labels, Warner Brothers, without this duo, who were their biggest act for many years, and who were part of the inaugural 1986 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame class and ranked the greatest duo of all time by the editors of Rolling Stone magazine. Brothers Phil and Don, both born in the late 1930s, found their initial fame as rockabilly artists during the first wave of rock and roll. This is part of a string of massive successes by the duo prior to the arrival of the Beatles in the United States. Following that, from the album We Kill Computers, The Pack AD from 2010, and that was Dear. Our next act is another duo comprised of Becky Black and Maya Miller. Yes, uh, those two women um, who hail from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. They have released seven albums of original material and are considered one of the best live rock acts of the current era. They are also both heavily influenced by literature, particularly science fiction. After that, from 1970, Rufus Thomas, a single A-side, The Preacher and the Bear. Thomas was the longest tenured artist at Stax Records in Memphis, Tennessee, his adopted home. Originally DJ and father to another legendary Stax artist, Carla Thomas, the elder Thomas originally caught the eye of Stax label owner Jim Stewart when the indie was once known as Satellite Records. He was possibly the most unlikely of music stars, starting his career while being in his late 30s, bald and heavy set. And, um, yeah, can you imagine somebody like that making it today? I know, it's just crazy. Following that, from 2007, The Shins, Wincing the Night Away, and that was Red Rabbits. Originally from Albuquerque, New Mexico, and relocating to Portland, Oregon, The Shins were one of the biggest acts on sub-pop following the demise of grunge. The album this is taken from was the biggest success sub-pop ever had, reaching as high as number two on the national Billboard Top LP charts. James Mercer, the group's founder and principal, has also recorded two releases in the project Broken Bells. And the song we just heard from Rhythm Nation 1814 from 1989, that was the one and only Janet Jackson with Black Cat. The 10th and youngest child of the Jackson family, 
Janet Demita Joe Jackson originally was a minor charting R&B artist in the early 1980s before her massive crossover success with the Control LP in 86 with a rabid fan base that even rivaled her old, older brother Michael at times. This is from her second LP produced for her by the duo of Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, former members of the time who were fired by Prince in 1982. And uh, we're going to be kicking off our second part here. <laughs> Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. Hey, Jim, go wrestle with the alligators while I sit here and talk to the people, right? <laughs> Poor Jim. <laughs> and um, our next act, uh, are, we're considered one of the greatest rock and roll bands to ever come from the United States. Originally hailing from Gainesville, Florida, the band's first two releases were on Shelter Records. Um, and though critical favorites, it met with little success. It wasn't until their third album, Damn the Torpedoes, did the band become a major commercial force. Their releases are so staples on hard rock radio to this day. And yes, at night, gators roam the streets of the town. Uh, I've seen this myself, and it's quite frightening, causing people to bring in their pets at night. From the B-side to the single A Woman in Love, It's Not Me, from 1981, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers with Gator on the Lawn, and we'll see you just before a very, very special grand finale. the kitchen, looked in the paper, said, oh, God Almighty, Mama, there's a gator, come on, come on, every other day I got a gator on the lawn, where you dropped your groceries in the kitchen and sank, went to work and made the bathroom stink, come on, come on, every other day I got a gator on the lawn, get with it, man. Jumped out of bed, run across the street, asked my neighbor, said, well, where's my meat? I had a red raw steak, can't find it anywhere. He looked at me, said, what the hell do I care? Come on. Every other day I got a gator on the lawn. Yeah, I run in the kitchen, looked in the paper, said, oh, God Almighty, Mama, there's such a gator. Come on. Come on. Every other day I got a gator on the lawn. Well, with big hungry tigers, table manners have no place. Dear, 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 no, dear, 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 no, dear, dear, oh, dear, no. After they have eaten you, they never say their grace. Dear, 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 no, dear, 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 no, dear, dear, oh, dear, no. Hunting tigers can be ripping fun. Like three blind mice, see the hunters run. Hunting tigers out in India. Out in, out in, out in India. Yeah, you all know. How beastly tigers are Out in, out in, out in India They bite, they scratch They make an awful fuss It's no use stroking them And saying puss, puss, puss No hunting tigers out in India Out in, out in, out in India yeah. 
saying puss, puss, puss. No hunting tigers out in India. Out in, out in, out in India. Yeah. I say, Jo, it's jolly frightening out here. Nonsense, dear boy. You should be like me. But look at you. You're shaking all over. What's shaking, you silly goose. I'm just doing the work to see that's all. Tigers don't go out on rainy nights. Hunting tigers out in India Out in, out in, out in India How many tigers can you find with forks and serviettes? Don't care in what part of you they fix their fretwork sets Like three blind mice, see the hunters run Hunting tigers out in India Out in, out in, out in India Hunting tigers out in India
Say it one to the other Now listen you two There's a certain rumor That can't be true That man descended from our noble race The very idea Is a big disgrace No monkey ever deserted his wife Starve her baby And ruin her life Yeah The monkey speaks his mind And you never known a mother monk To leave the babies with others to bump Or pass them on from one to another Till they scarcely knew who was their mother Yeah The monkey speaks his mind And another thing You will never see a monkey build a fence around a coconut tree and let other coconuts go to waste, forbidding all other monkeys to come and taste. Why, if I put a fence around this tree, starvation would force you to steal from me. Yeah, the monkey speaks his mind. Here's another thing a monkey won't do Go out at night and get on a stew I use a gun, a club, or knife To take another monkey's life Yes, man descended the weightless bum But brothers, from us he did not come Yeah, the monkey speaks his mind Every tongue got to stop them 
And welcome back, Children of the Revolution, to what you're not listening to, the Art of Educational Anthology series here on Ace of Spades, PDX.com. And songs about animals, title of this program is It's a Zoo Out There, by the way. <laughs> yes, it is. And uh, dedicated to um, Gypsy Girl. Um, it's this, the most beautiful, greatest service dog ever. I mean, do not argue with me on this because you will not win. All right. <laughs> Ask our friends. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> they're, they're laughing because they know. Let's recap what we've heard in the second part before we get into something very, very special uh, before our grand finale. Kicked it all off with Gator on the Lawn, the B-side to A Woman in Love, It's Not Me, by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers from 1981. After that, from 1969, from their third album, Tadpoles, the Bonzo Dog Band. <laughs> Honey for Tigers out in India. And uh, a band whose humor could only be called English, the Bonzo Dog Band, alternately known as the Bonzo Doodah Dog Band, and the Bonzos were founded by British art school students and originally were jazz musicians. They achieved their initial fame on the ITV television series Do Not Adjust Your Set, um, which uh, not only preceded Monty Python's Flying Circus, it featured several members of that troupe. Paul McCartney produced a top five UK single for the, for the act, I'm the Urban Spaceman, yes. Following and there's a single A side from 1970, T-Rex, Ride a White Swan. Originally calling their act Hippies in the Dirt, T-Rex principal Mark Boland changed their sound dramatically with this single, the first in a series that saw them become the early 70s UK music scene's most popular act. It was. It is also, with another T-Rex single that followed it, called Hot Love, to be considered the birth of the glam rock scene in England. And... You know, I really don't know much about Beltane. Okay, I really know nothing about Beltane. <laughs> Let me just throw that at you. I was looking on the internet um, if swans were like a part of this celebration, this pagan celebration, and I keep getting circled right back to T-Rex. So um, if somebody could just drop me a line, let me know, that'd be great. <laughs> or it's just a Bolin taking poetic license, because why not? Why not? And uh, following that, oh, this song. Um, from 1957, Dave Bartholomew, a single A-side there of The Monkey. Um, and there's a lot of people who go back and forth. You know, you hear them argue about, you know, um, uh, is evolution a real thing? This may be the single greatest argument against evolution, of course, unless you think that talking monkeys are blasphemous. All right. Originally a jazz trumpeter, Bartholomew was one of the most critical and key players in the early rock and roll scene in and around New Orleans. Though he never broke through to the mainstream, his real influence was in a man he discovered and wrote songs for, Fats Domino. Today, he is best known as a songwriter, penning many early rock and roll deathless classics, including songs recorded by Fats, Smiley Lewis, Dave Edmonds, and even Elvis Presley. And following that, Snake from 1993 by P.J. Harvey from the album Rid of Me. This track was taken from the second album by Polly Jean Harvey, a radical departure from the sound on her debut album, Dry. It was her breakthrough albums in terms of critical appraisal, and her working band was actually, in essence, an indie rock power trio. And how? The production bears the unmistakable stamp of big black founder Steve Albini, a man who would eventually work with uh, groups like Nirvana and uh, Bush, uh, which was raw, corrosive, minimal, and full of nervous energy. And the song we just heard, and get ready for this because no one was ready for this. From the album Crazy Horses, that was Crazy Horses from 1972, and believe this or not, that was the Osmonds. You heard that correctly. 
taken from the fourth album by the teen heartthrobs the Osmonds, who, along with the Jacksons, were pinup idols of the early 70s. After the younger Donnie's voice changed, the band went in a totally different direction, writing and performing this song themselves. It reached the top 20 in the United States and all the way to number two on the British charts. It also deviates from the traditional teen idol themes of love and romance, instead focusing on the auto industry and pollution, as evidenced by the cover of the album it's taken from. And that happened. <laughs> and, you know, Gypsy loved, she, she, I don't know if she was really a music fan, but she loved being sung to and, and held and tickled because she was just a love dog. And I would just, whatever song I was singing or actually working on for the show, I would sing to her and just, and she just, it didn't matter, right? She loved it. Um, but one day, some time ago, I heard uh, my husband, Travis, um, uh, sing this little song he just made up one day and he would change the lyrics occasionally and but it was still very very beautiful and um, in his very first appearance on this program this is my husband Travis singing the Gypsy Girl song I got a girl looks like you looks like you smells like you I got a girl just like you and it's a gypsy girl. Thank you, baby. And our last act was in the middle of a very successful but critically disappointing run of albums in the mid-1980s. The parent album and tour were trashed by critics with Rolling Stone magazine calling this song his most embarrassing moment in years. In hindsight, it seemed like a, it wanted to be Diamond Dogs but really could not pull it off. The artist himself disowned the album for years, calling it the nadir of his career. And um, the reason I'm including it is because, you know, it, it wants to be serious, but it really doesn't pull it off. And it's actually quite hilarious. <laughs> and if you have questions, feedback, comments, dedications, love letters, and requests, because this song, this show is a dedication, please drop me a line at daddybenbear, one word, daddybenbear at gmail.com, or find me on my design site, aospdx.com, on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Instagram. Love to you all. And thank you, Gypsy Girl. From 1987, from the album Never Let Me Down, this is David Bowie with Glass Spider. Up until one century ago, there lived in the Zaiduang province of an eastern country a glass-like spider. Having devoured its prey, it would drape the skeletons over its web in weeks creating a macabre shrine of remains. Its web was also unique in that it had many layers, like floors of a building. At the top of this palace-like place, assembled with almost apparent care, were tiny, shining objects, glass, beads, dewdrops. One could almost call it an altar. When the breeze blew through this construction, it produced sounds of wailing, crying, tiny wails, tiny cries. The baby spiders would get scared and search frantically for their mother, but the glass spider would have long gone, having known that the babies would survive somehow on their own. Oh, the glass spider had blue eyes almost like a human's, 
They shed tears at the winter turn of the centuries. 